This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. It's Adam here. Hope you're doing well. I know, I know. I say it every time. I'm sorry that I haven't been uploading episodes to the Story Slam podcast feed. I'm, uh, I'm bad about it, guys. I just let's be honest. I, I'm more focused on the YouTube videos that we do and, and the live streaming that we do. But hey, we just celebrated five years of Madison Story Slam. The podcast has actually been out for about five years and two months. But our live shows, we just celebrated five years of that just at our last event on February 15th. And we had an amazing show. If you weren't able to make it, you can check some of the videos out on YouTube now or on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Madison Story Slam. You'll also be hearing some of those stories coming up on future episodes of the podcast. And uh, hey, also, if you'd like to come to our next event, you can come out to State Line Distillery here in Madison, Wisconsin. Our next event is Wednesday, March 4th, and in the spirit of March and our celebration of St. Patrick's Day, and for some reason we just associate that with drinking, our theme is Hangover. So come tell a story about the nights you drank too much and the mornings that you had to deal with it. Today's episode is a long slam episode featuring my dear friend David Clark Sally, He works for GatherX here in Madison. We talk about community, storytelling, being an Instagram influencer, and we have a religious experience. All right. uh, Welcome to the show. And uh, as I said in the intro that hasn't been recorded yet, uh, today on uh, Madison Story Slam, we have a guest and uh, it's my new friend, David Clark. Sally, David, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I am a, a bit of a podcast virgin, so oh. forgive me if I uh, misspeak or do something stupid. Or One of the things that I always say at our live events, uh, my favorite storytellers are brand new storytellers. And Great. So, and so I always say I love storyteller virgins. So Perfect. I love storyteller virgins. Great. Well, that's me. Uh, yes, it is. Well, not storyteller virgin. I, I also feel like we've been stories. saying the word virgin a we lot at the very a, beginning of this podcast. It's, I don't know if are, that's off to a great start. We are one start. minute in, not Perfect. even, and it's been said at least 12 times. Great, so. great, great. Uh, welcome to the Virgin Podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about virginities and how to lose them and how to find them. Perfect. Um, so David, I, we met a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's like not been that long ago. ago right. So, yeah. Right. Um, and uh, when we met, the, I think one of the very first things I said to you is, you have the job I applied for. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I want to start off and talk a little bit about, um, well, first I want to ask you to, for you to tell us about yourself a little bit, who you are, what you do, and things like that. And then I want to get into what brought you to, or what brought you to your job and what your job is. Sure. But first, you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who, who is David Clark Sally? Man, well, so I have been... Um I've been unemployed or I was unemployed for a good part of 2019. So I feel like I've answered that question a lot in interviews. Um, That's one of the first things that, that interviewers generally ask is tell us about yourself, (laughs) Um, which is a really 
tough question to ask. What attracted you, you to this position? Right, right, exactly. Thank you so much for starting with that. Um, but no, I should be really good. I can go- ask specifics no, if you want. No, no, no. I should be really good at this because I've done be. it. That's, what, that's where I was going with By that. By the way, if you do have a job interview and they ask you, just tell us about yourself, maybe don't start off with that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I would not. Um, so yeah, so I am, my name is David, like like you said, and I have been in, um, I'm still relatively new to to Madison. Um, I, I would say, at least in the the scope of my life, I have um, only been here for, um, a, I mean, a little less than two years. Um, so uh, I, I moved here uh, for love. Um, I uh, I met my now husband, and we were doing the long distance thing for for a bit, and uh, ultimately decided uh, we did not want to do that very long. I was in Indiana, um, and where I was in Indiana, it was about a six ish hour drive, which you know is doable, but but kind of sucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we uh, I moved here uh, once we realized this was a thing that was going to be a thing. Uh, we were like, yeah, let's close that gap as quickly as possible. So relatively new to Madison. Um, I, like I mentioned, I am married. Um, my husband, Matt, uh, we are a couple months away from celebrating our first wedding anniversary. Uh, we have two kids, um, who are nine and seven, uh, third and first grade. And, um, as I also just mentioned, I, I have recently gone through, um, some pretty big life change in addition to getting married and moving um, uh, across the country slightly. I wouldn't um, call it across it's the still country. Midwest. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it feels like a whole other place Six sometimes. Hours. Yeah, I get that. Uh, it is still Midwest, but uh, but this this cold is is something else. Were you in the part of Indiana that um, culturally sort of feels like the South? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was a college, it's a college town. So, but that was a little bit of a bubble in in, in the midst of feeling very Southern. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, so, so, but yes, I, I unfortunately was, was let go, uh, from, from my job last year. And so I spent a good part of last year sort of trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Um, how do I spend my days when I don't have a job? Um, and then how do I, how do I fix that? Um, not just so that I can, you know, logistically bring an income for my family, but also so that I can figure out what I enjoy and and what I like and enjoying um, your job is really nice. I mean, it's ideal, not always doable. Um, but I also, um, was in a unique position that I'd never been in before. Thankfully never been in before. Um, in that, like I didn't, I lost my job and everything else lined up, you know, anytime I'd changed jobs previously, I'd kind of had something. You did the smart thing. Yeah. Right. The smart thing, (laughs) the ideal thing again, back to, back to the ideal. So, um, yeah, so I, I recently started a new a new job in uh, the end of last year, which you alluded to earlier um, also, um, and I'm still sort of getting my feet wet in that, and I also freelance uh, on the side and um, try uh, to just keep myself busy um, in terms of, you know, the work that I'm bringing in and, and doing and, and trying to continually figure out what I, what it is that I enjoy and what, what, uh, Okay, stop because that was terrible. Um, no, that was. Listen, I'm not cutting that out because oh, that was fine. That was totally fine. Okay, well then let's just. <laughs> these are stop these there. are the nice little little joys of of podcasting for the first time. Um, I feel like I was. Rambling. Listen, every virgin makes a couple of mistakes their first time. I right? felt like I was rambling. No, no, you weren't. You weren't. It definitely didn't have an ending. No, but it didn't. That's what I realized. I didn't know where I was going, so I was like, I just need to stop. I, well, to be honest, I should have stopped you with a question. That, <laughs> okay, that's perfect, on me. Perfect. That's okay. on me. So, um, you talk about freelancing. So I know what your job job yep. is. What do you do as far as freelancing goes? 
Um, so I have been in some sort of marketing or communications role for the last 15 ish years. And so, um, in addition to, you know, the work that I do, that's a little more steady income. Um, I, I am very open to, um, freelancing, but mostly in the realm of like social media marketing and project management are are probably, uh, social media. That brings me to my, the main question I've wanted to ask you since the first day we met. Okay. 13.7 thousand (laughs) followers on Instagram. Oh geez. How, why, what? Um, and also you do brand deals sometimes on Instagram. Like how the hell does that all happen? Um, I know that's probably a long story in and of itself. No, I, it's actually really not. Um, I, it all, I wish I could say it was a part of this like grandmaster plan that I had for myself, but it was not, it was all very accidental. Um, and, uh, truthfully the growth that I saw on my Instagram specifically, I mean, it happened really all on its own. I, 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 ironically, and I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to probably get to this, but when I came out several years ago and started, um, as cheesy as this sounds, was it the gay army? Yeah, it really was. I mean, as soon as I started posting, that's kind of what I thought just without even asking. I mean, as soon as I started posting just more authentically, it's almost as if like the internet could tell that like a shift had been made and people were interested, but that's, you know what? It's not even I get that 100% yeah. because uh, as people who know me know, mm-hmm. I found out I have diabetes and uh, there was a shift in my entire yeah. life, in my entire being. Absolutely. And the way that I was posting, not only just the things I was posting, but but the things I was saying with those posts and just yeah. how, everything, that changed and it started, it has started to get more attention. Yeah. Uh, I don't have 13.7 well, thousand <laughs> followers but it, i mean it really just it happened on its own and i'm so grateful don't get me wrong i think the other thing that comes along with that too is um it's something that i really like so i put a lot of time yeah. into it um and specifically i put a lot of time into um building relationships with people because i just i really love people and people on the internet are also people and if you treat them like that it it sort of can catch on a little bit. And so I'm not special or doing anything special. It just, it was the things that I loved about social media that kind of kept bringing people. And then, yeah, you, you mentioned the brand partnerships. That's also something that was completely, what was your first one? Um, what was my, my first one was, uh, with raw sugar. Uh, it's a soap um, that I actually use. Um, but then they contacted me and were like, Hey, we're doing, so did you like have a post about it and they saw it? Nope. Okay. No, I I know it was crazy. I, I, it was one of those, you know, influencer marketing is something that is talked about a lot. Do you call yourself an influencer? No, I do not. But it is something that's- It's okay that's, if, you, if somebody really, does, but- Sure, it is. Because here's the thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I was just, that's what I was just going to say. And it's going to sound like I'm trying to like justify my decision making. But I used to sort of look at it and 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 laugh. But but it's a real thing in the circles that I and I run in. Not um, marketing wise. I mean, it, it is it is the way to get your brand in front of an audience that you couldn't right any other way. Um, and so when those things started happening to me, um, I was like, Oh, this is a nice way to bring in some money and get free shit. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, well now how can I be a little more intentional about this? And, and also 
make some of this happen for myself too. Right. So it started off completely unexpectedly, but then I have sort of, uh, so do you, do you reach out to places or do you just let it all come to you? Uh, definitely both now, okay. now that I realized, um, I, I understand it a little better. I understand the, the dance a little bit better and what goes into it. It's, I do reach out to, um, some. This is not going to be the main focus of the show, I promise you, but it's, it's a life that, um, a lot of people are aware of, not a life. I don't think this is your life. No, no, no. It's, it's, um, I wish, but it, but but it is something that a lot of people are aware of the Mm -hmm. influencer world or whatever. Um, it's something that a lot of people make fun of. Oh, a hundred percent. And I get why, but it's not something that a lot of average people or just people that aren't living that that's not a part of their lives. They don't know about. No. And so do you. It very quickly, because again, I don't want this to be <laughs> sure. our, our main topic of discussion, but if there's somebody who wants to like mm-hmm. be in that world, what are those beginning steps? Like, obviously you have to f- have followers and there's a whole conversation about how to yeah. get followers, right, right. but like, I don't know, what, what are the, what are the David Clark, Sally right. step one, two threes of, of making um, this happen in your life? For sure. I mean, I think unfortunately you, you kind of nailed it. The, the first step. Is it, it, I mean, it is a numbers game. You have to, to have start content with. to I mean, get the, the numbers. Yeah. Y- you have to have the numbers in order to get really noticed. I mean, if I had, it sounds horrible and it's, it, it sucks, but I mean, if I had 300 <laughs> followers and I reached out to target to do a partner, they would probably not respond. See, so I, I mean, it's funny that you say that because listen, 13.7 thousand followers is a lot, right. but I, I honestly wouldn't think it's enough to get a brand. No, I mean, I know, but I mean, it, it, it it's, it, and it's not enough to get, all the brand deals, but mm. it's enough to get some. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it is a numbers game for starters. Um, if you have the numbers, um, then I mean, reach out, just do it. Just do it. I mean, no, it doesn't hurt. All they can say is no. All like, they that's can say the worst. is no. Oh my gosh. And it's, I mean, especially if it's a product that you use, another really good tip is, I mean, post about right. the product I was gonna say, do or you, the like, brand. Right. Like, in, I mean, if you don't want to do a whole post dedicated to, you could put it in your story or something. Um, you could just talk about a tag, make sure you're tagging them. Of course. Do you ever see those people who are, they, they have a good following on Instagram or something, yeah. but like, it's not double digits, thousands. It's, yeah. you know, 2.5,000 sure. or something. And it's very clear that they're trying to get brand deals and they're like, Every every other post is like, hey, love my awesome hairbrush right. from this hairbrush company. Right. Hashtag influencer, hashtag right. whatever, like all that shit. Please like, do not use that hashtag. <laughs> I have a couple of friends who do hashtag God. Instagram influencer oh. purely ironically. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that is acceptable. So. Um, no, I mean, sometimes you see that, but... I mean, honestly, and that's that is that was my lit- that was absolutely my hesitation about getting into this in the first place was I thought, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Um, but I think that I found a way and some people may disagree with me and I may have lost followers over it, but I think I found a way to authentically weave it into my content, um, and, and make it feel like it's still coming from me and, and still fits into my life and isn't like, absolutely out of the ordinary like oh he's trying too hard or oh you know i mean it's products that i would use right. i'm talking about my family i'm talking about me you know whatever um and i think that's the only way that i like can justify it too is it's like this feels like me still yeah i i will say i will say that <clears throat> i uh i enjoy what you post on oh, social media thank and you. uh i i actually will will often like when it comes up and be like He's pretty good at this. He's oh, pretty good at this social you. media thing. So, well, and I also will say too, 
money talks. Yeah. So, I mean, if at the end of the day, if somebody wants to offer me money and um, to post about something, as long as it's something that I could use or would use, then I'll usually figure out a way to make it happen. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking about people or somebody or an entity paying you to talk about things, uh, let's talk about GatherX. What a segue. I, I told you I'm good at this. Oh my goodness. I was like, where is he going with this? Because you um, are kind of like the the networking guy for this thing called GatherX of mm-hmm. like getting people involved and making people aware of it. Um, I don't know that my listeners are aware of it. And most of my listeners are are here in Madison. Yeah. And GatherX is, uh, at least for now, a mainly mm-hmm. Madison thing. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about GatherX? Absolutely. Um, GatherX is relatively new to Madison also. Um, we are, it is in its third year um, of existence. And um, it was started... Um, out of the need um, that was felt by um, some really wonderful people who just really sensed that there was a need for young adults to um, really help them find community um, and also resource them. Madison is a college town, as we all know. A lot of people also come here for work um, or they go to school here and they stay. Um, And it's a, it's, it can be a challenging time in life to be a young adult, whatever even the hell that means. But that sort of like twenties, thirties thing where you're trying to just sort of navigate. Um, there's a lot of stuff for uh, demographics on either end of you, but sometimes that feels a little uh, empty right. uh, in terms of opportunities. And it's just hard to meet people quite honestly. Um, well, one thing we talked about when we first talked uh, is how that age group is very often people who are for the first time, especially like when it's like Wisconsin college kids yeah. from when they're from Wisconsin, they're mm-hmm. probably coming from a small town uh, and they went to church and that was their community Yeah, and they went to college and their mom knew somebody from Madison from a church and said, Hey, connect there. So yeah. that's where their community was. Yeah. And then they went through college and kind of like got new ideas and either lost their faith or their faith is very, Mm -hmm. very different. And being a part of a church community doesn't make sense anymore to them, but that's how they've been trained to find community. And it, they, they no longer want that, but they still have a, a, a drive for community. Yeah. And so what we do is we really provide intentional planned opportunities for young adults to, um, find community, meet other people. And then also we, I mean, it's more than that. That is the primary goal, but we also want to just give them resources and also make sure um, there's a lot of stuff that we are not taught. Um, You know, very basic things like how to do your taxes and um, tips for buying a home and, and stuff that is very real for, again, that demographic. Um, But it's just not a thing you know how to do, um, because it's not really taught. So we also just want to provide opportunities to try to like, make sure that we're also helping them in this stage of life and whatever way we can. So basically it, at its core, it's just an an opportunity for community building. And we have, um, a full roster, a full calendar of events that we do that are... Well, tell tell us about some. Yeah. Uh, so this will probably be posted by Friday this week. Okay. So if you got stuff coming up, tell us about oh, it. Oh, we absolutely do. Yeah, yeah we we do. Um, you know, our website is, is gatherx.org. I'll just say that up front because um, if you want to see what we're doing, that's the best place to grab that. But um, we do... Uh, 
all different kinds of things. Some of them regular, some of them kind of one off. Um, but we do have a really exciting thing coming up actually next week. Um, and, uh, you and I talked about this a little bit, Adam. Um, Oh, this is of, right in my wheelbarrow. It's right in your wheelhouse. And it's also wheelhouse. Why did I say wheelhouse? I, I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, and, and, and it, it, it is a little bit, uh, you know, I think could be seen as competition, but I think we can all coexist and, be all ships rise in high, yeah, high tide. Right. So. Right. And you've been at this a lot longer than we have, but we have, um, a, we do a quarterly storytelling event called the gathering. Um, and we actually have that. It's actually coming up next week. It's on Thursday, February 27th, uh, 7 PM. And it's at old sugar distillery. And what we do for our, um, storytelling events is it's, it's curated. So, um, all of our storytellers have been coached and we, we know who they are and what, what order they're going to put them in. And who and, does your coaching? Um, actually my boss, uh, gather X director, Lara Andrews, she's, she's, uh, that's her, that's her baby. And, cool. and she loves doing that. And, um, and then, uh, so, so there, there, and there is no judging aspect. It is, it is purely just it's sort a of performance. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, and there's also live music. And then we also, all of, um, our, our gathering events are, um, we partner with a local nonprofit who's doing some really good in our community. Um, and we do sell tickets, but all of the proceeds from the tickets go to that par- partner. So this particular- Except for the cut you take. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do not take a cut. I know. Um, but, um, but this particular uh, event, we are partnering with uh, Outreach LGBT uh, Community Center. Um, they'll be there um, on Thursday, the 27th as well. And so tickets are $10. Um, you can get them online or you can get them at the door. But all of the money that we get is going to go straight to them and the amazing work that they do in our community. So very cool. um, I'm very excited. We've only This is only the third one we've ever done. So we're still learning. Uh, we've still got a lot to learn, a lot to figure out, but I, I'm really proud of of where we're going with this. So that's one of the things that's coming up top of mind because it's just coming up right away. We also do a regular, I'll, I'll give one more plug for one thing that we do that's regular. No, sorry, one plug. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my, my motto is ABP, always be plugging. Oh. If, you, if you're on a podcast, well, see, like not... you should be plugging the entire time. Okay. Well, I, I, that was what I was a, a little nervous about being too pluggy, no, but no, you're good. you've given me, I, I asked for it. Okay, great. No. Uh, one other thing that we do that I really love is we do, um, an event called brunch and learn. And it's, um, every month it's on a, it's on a Sunday, usually the second Sunday of the month. And we actually partner with one barrel brewing company and, um, we do it at their event space and it is a free brunch. And, uh, we, each month we cover different, a different adulting one-on-one topic. Um, so last month, uh, or technically this month, February, we, um, our event was, uh, we had a couple of tax experts come. We talked about taxes, people asked tax questions, free advice, uh, next month in March. Um, our topic is job transition. So we're gonna talk about career changing jobs. Um, something I'm very interested in. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it literally is like no strings attached, come have free food, um, and learn about something that, um, is probably related to something you have experienced or might experience. And we have local experts there talking about it. Um, these are not people who are just, you know, we just pulled in. These are actually people who know what they're talking right. about. So, um, I really love that. Cause I think it's, it's a perfect example of, of what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people together, um, talking and then also just trying to help in any way yeah. that we can. And, and there, there, there's no expectation, you know, we don't charge and you have to sign, you don't have to sign up for anything. You can just sort of show up. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, so I think transparency is really important. It is. Um, and, uh, so there at least was the starting point of gather X. There was 
a religious affiliation. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really seem like there is any more, really. Yeah. Um, um, but I do think that that's important to, to yeah, because if people you, go searching for it, they may find that religious sure. affiliation. Yeah, you alluded to that earlier. Um, yeah, Gatherex um, did its history is, you know, deeply religious, um, but we have um, moved away from that, not in the sense that, you know, we are, we are trying to hide that that's a part of our history or that that's something that's important to us, but we're not a church. We're not a Bible study. We're not pushing a faith agenda. Um, There is no conversion trying to come at the end of this, no baptisms, no laying of hands. And honestly, it doesn't even come up a lot. Um, You know, it's definitely a topic of conversation um, at some of our events, but um, in a very organic way where we truly mean it when we say anybody can show up and you know it's it's not about what you do or don't believe um but that is definitely a part of of our history we have a lot of partnerships with local churches um who help us financially which is amazing and we're so grateful for that um but we are not trying to be a church or yeah. um yeah the only reason i bring it up is because there could be people out there who just heard everything you said about GatherX and then go online to try and figure figure out more, and then they suddenly see this church affiliation and they're like, "Ooh, I don't know if this is me." And I I just bring it up because I don't think it's something that should, you know, hold people away no. from from being involved in. No, it. definitely not. No. Um. And if if you're at all worried about that, you know, um, I would just then fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that is a legitimate concern, then I would just encourage you to just come to something pick something to come to and i think you'll quickly see that uh that's not the case yeah yeah i haven't been to an event but i know that that's the the case yeah and i mean i think you know i don't think either is good or or bad but i also i think the thing that we don't want is for anyone to feel like they're excluded from right what we do 100 percent. cool so uh gatherx.org yes and the uh the socials for GatherX. Uh GatherX Madison on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. And then your socials because we need <laughs> we need you you gotta have more brand deals. Oh, you're kind. You gotta feed the family. Um well I feel very awkward about promoting myself, but my socials are uh my Instagram is David Clark Sally. So. Perfect. All all one word, right? There's all no one word, word. yeah. David no Clark Sally. Okay. Uh, don't feel weird about promoting, <laughs> especially when somebody's asking you okay. to do it. All right. It would be one thing if we were just having a conversation and I was that, like, that hey. wasn't related to that. And you're like, oh, hey, by the way, let me tell you, by my Instagram account is this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would be weird. Thank you. And I would probably end the interview. I just point. want all the listeners to understand that, that, that this came from you and not from me because I don't want to. <laughs> well, they heard me ask. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to cut that out. <laughs> that would be very cruel if you cut just that like, out. Just like at the end of like, like as we're getting into other things, yeah. like you talk about something mm-hmm. serious and then I just cut it and have it be, that would be and like by the my way, worst, my Instagram is. That would be like my worst nightmare really. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, So I want to, uh, we, we did our due diligence of yes. like plugging social media for your job and, yeah. and talking about who you are now. And something that I really love, which yeah. is social media. Yep. Right? And, uh, I am hopeful that we're going to be able to have a good conversation in the time that we have left about who you were at a different time in yeah. your life and, and kind of who you are now and, and have become. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to think of the correct way to say this, um, but, and I don't know that this is, I don't know if this will uh, vibe with you, if it, if it will resonate in your heart. Okay. 
But I was thinking about it, and I would say that you lived a majority of your life. I shouldn't say that. You spent the majority of your life dying as a straight man. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you mentioned who I was versus who I am. And I think that's a very, that's a very accurate portrayal of my life pre coming out versus post coming out. Um, But I also think it's important to note that it's all who I am. Right. Obviously. But there was a version of me who was not all of me um, that existed before coming out. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Do you think, do you look at, uh, I actually, before we get into this, I have a story uh, about, so I work in state government and I'm not going to say the agency that I work for, but but I I deal with the public on a very regular basis. And uh, I took a phone call today from someone who, was calling about their husband's products with us. And due to federal privacy laws, if, if this person's not also associated with that product, I can't, I can't speak about it at all. Like, I can't release any information. It's federal privacy law. Right. And so this gentleman was, talking, was calling about his husband's products and as soon as I said, I can't, I'm sorry, due to federal privacy laws, unless you were also on this thing, I, I can't, I can't. And it was immediately that I'm a bigot. And, mm. and the immediate question was, if, if I was calling about my wife's products, would it be the same answer? And it was, I said, yes. <laughs> because again, this is a federal law. Right. Like it has nothing like, <laughs> sir, I don't care that you're gay. Right. I don't give two shits. Like... It was just very frustrating. Yeah. And I know that you don't speak for all gays. But <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you for putting that out there. <laughs> right. First and foremost, right. so my experiences. Right. Yes. Uh, but it was just like, I, I, today I was like, I cannot wait to vent about this today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think probably I'm not excusing that because I don't think. That's... But you know what? I, I almost did excuse it of like, this guy's probably spent his whole life with right. people. That's what I was Giving say. him Absolutely. shit and, and whatever. But. But then the like the the rational part of me would come back and be like, yeah, but don't you just have to like at some point you just have to get over that like that's like and like if I had used a horrible derogatory term sure or if I had said anything at all right to to insinuate to get, that yeah. I was a bigot then absolutely right read me the riot riot act <laughs> cut, curse me out but all I you know I just said due to federal privacy laws sure. I can't do this and so like I I just feel like at some point there has to be a point where it's like not you're not the victim every not every circumstance are you the victim of right you know it was right. just, it was just it was very frustrating so no i mean i get that and and as you mentioned you know i'm this entire conversation is is my based on my experiences right. so there are plenty of other experiences out there and i don't speak for any group of people other than myself but you I, heard it here david is speaking for all groups of people i am i feel like i'm very aware with a mic in front of my face of trying to make sure that i am being very pc i feel like with the whole like not wanting to promote myself and not wanting to be right i'm i have a lot of asterisks by what i'm saying and a lot of disclaimers right um this is clearly the first time that i've done this because i'm a little nervous um <laughs> but no i mean i understand why you would be frustrated i also I could probably understand or uh, sympathize. I yeah, sympathize, sympathize with, the guy. with, yeah, with there's a better word. A probably is used to that um, as a as a as a go to and uh, assumed that maybe that's where you were coming from rather than right. 
um, you know, assuming the best, but also I think our experiences do inform how we. Absolutely. And it was very interesting. His husband then later called in and asked for the information that they had needed. And, and then he asked, Hey, my husband called earlier and he wasn't able to get this information. Why, why is that? And he was, it was explained to him. He's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Sure. And it was like, right. <laughs> okay. Right. But meanwhile, sir, your husband cursed me the right. fuck out. Right. Right. So anyway, I'm sorry. We, no, I just needed to vent. I don't, I understand. Um, so we have something in common. We're church kids. We're we pastors, do. kids. PKs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you were on staff for many years mm-hmm. at a, what I would call a mega church. You mm-hmm. wouldn't call it that. It seemed like from the last time we spoke, you you wouldn't call it a mega church. I mean, I would, but not everybody really gets what that is either. Right. So right, well, depends I, on the audience. I bet you'd be surprised how many people would get what that <laughs> means. Um, and uh, I have I have been on staff at like parachurch ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have led worship, mm-hmm. um, and and we're involved in those ways. Um, one major difference in our lives is I'm not a gay man mm-hmm. and I never, uh, lived as a straight man, as a gay man mm-hmm. while working in those ministries. <laughs> that is, that is the thing that I'm fascinated yeah. with, uh, that part of your life. And, you know, as we discussed before we started recording, you don't, you can be as open as you want. Right. You can tell me that my questions are obnoxious and, or whatever. It's just, I'm, I guess the, the fascination, uh, is more about what that does to a person of, of, of listen, we're both church people. So we, and we talked about this, we both have heard those behind closed doors conversations Mm -hmm. of what, you know, senior leadership in church really thinks Mm -hmm. about homosexuality sure, and how it's this careful line you walk because you want the public to have a certain view of, of how accepting you are so that you get those numbers and then you get that money from those Mm -hmm. numbers. But, you know, behind closed door, it's like, well, you guys know what we really think right. and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, I, there's, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> because there's so much to unpack there. Mm-hmm. There's so much to unpack there even if you were a straight man. Sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can you just share some of your experience and then maybe we, like as questions come up, we can go from there. Yeah, please. Um, please ask questions, that is. Um, yeah, you, you, you. Girl, please. You. Uh, <laughs> You are, you're very right. Um, it's a very unique experience. Although, um, in, in the midst of it, it didn't feel that unique because it was really all that I'd ever known. As you mentioned, we both grew up in the church. We have, um, parents who were pastors. And so it really, it didn't feel unique or weird or, or, or unusual because it was just what I knew. Um, but it also became increasingly clear. as time went on and I grew as a person and started unpacking my life, um, a little more that the, the two, th- the two things could not coexist who I really was and, and my, my job. Um, but also more than just my job also, you know, my faith was going to have to change or was just on its own changing a little bit too, as I realized that what I had grown up seeing and believing and knowing, um, maybe it wasn't quite, the way that I had seen and believed right. um, anymore. And so it, it, it's very confusing. Uh, it was very confusing. It still is. I mean, and I'm very comfortable in saying that I, I still don't know about a lot of things. I don't know how yeah. I feel. I don't about a lot of things. I don't know how, what I believe about a lot of things, but 
Um, but I'm very okay with that. Um, now I, I wasn't for a long time. I needed it to make sense. And quite frankly, it, a lot of it just doesn't. Um, what I do know is that, um, what you mentioned about a lot of churches, not all, but a lot of churches, um, who really, uh, I think are well-intentioned. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt in that they want everyone to feel welcome, but ultimately that's not really what they mean. Um, they think that that's what they mean, right? but what they don't understand is that, that that's at the expense of actual people's lives and feelings who they're happy. And I say happy in air quotes to let them attend and give their money and be there. But that's kind of usually where it ends. If there's any uh, additional, you know, whether they want to be employed or married there or whether they want to volunteer there's really a, a mo- usually a very clear line in the sand. Um, and sometimes even as, as bad as they are okay with you volunteering, but only doing certain things. Oh yeah. Um, never on stage, never held a microphone. Right. Sometimes like not directly working with children, which is yeah. just absolutely, yeah, very messed up. Um, so I, I think it's very hard to sort of rationalize now, but, but then, you look at that and you think, well, you know, these are people that I know and that I care about. Um, I don't think that they're trying to do the wrong thing. Um, but I also know how it makes me feel. Yeah. And I also know my experience is true for me. And so these things aren't lining up anymore. Um, and, and I don't have to figure out what that means. And, and obviously the, the, the most obvious one was at some point I had to leave my job um, whenever I sort of figured out um, what I was going to do next. Um, <laughs> because again, it was all I'd ever known. It was all, you right. know, it was my first job out of college. It was actually started it while I was in college. Um, so I didn't have a lot of other experience and uh, I just didn't know what else there was for me. So let's go back a little further. You're grown up, you're in church, your dad's like an associate pastor, he's not like the he, senior pastor. No, no, right? no, 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 yeah, no. Um, and you're going to church, so the church that you ended up working in, is that the church that you grew up in? It is, yeah. Um, at what point does David say, I am gay, and this is going to be an issue if I want to be in church? Uh, that's a good question um i i mean the answer to the first part of the question when did i say i was gay i mean i didn't say it out loud for a very long time i knew it early on but it was not a thing that i had language for right um but then when i realized that i was and that wouldn't work with my job um was really much later especially because i think Especially, well, I'm not even. I'm not even asking about once you're on staff and and it's your job. Oh. I I really mean you're a kid. Oh, because because realizing that you're gay when you're growing up in the kind of place that we grew up right. in, as far as the church community and and non denominational yeah. and uh, Southern Indiana or yeah. Indiana yeah. that thinks they're Southern because yeah. Indiana is not the South. <laughs> um, there is so much that gets unpacked onto you mm-hmm. or not unpacked onto you yep. as a young gay man, mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. And then to have to go to that church and like, and then come home and hear your parents say things that I'm sure were like, like all this, I, I'm just, I, it's so foreign to me. Yeah. 
And like, I, I can, I just can only imagine certain things. And I, and I don't know that those things that I'm imagining are accurate. I mean, they aren't inaccurate. I think back to what we had said about, you know, well-intentioned, um, well, quote, well-intentioned churches again. I mean, it wasn't like, it was like a thing that was like talked about. Right. So, but th- I think that was part of the problem too. You know, it would have almost been easier had, at least in my experience, had it been like talked about explicitly negatively rather than just like sort of avoided because that almost made it seem more shameful. Right. Um, and I feel that way as an adult now, absolutely. Like in terms of how, like if you're going to take an anti-gay stance at your church because of whatever it is that you believe that the Bible says or doesn't say that is completely your prerogative, but you better damn well sure be clear about it. Right. Because I don't really I mean, again, this is me as an adult saying this. I don't really give a shit if you don't think that I am valid because of my sexuality. I just won't go to your church, right? But I think the problem exists, and this is what happened a lot growing up as I've sort of reflected back on this, is the problem exists when it's always pushed under the rug or when it's talked about, whispered about, or talked about behind closed doors, because then it's... It's it feels like trickery, right? Everything feels like a trick. Like there is some sort of like thing that exists, and I know that it's a thing that exists that people don't talk about. So I assume that it's not good. And then when I do hear about it, it's just it's all very confusing because there's no clarity. Yeah, we've talked about that. Clarity is so important. Yeah, I mean it is. And if look, the reason people don't do it as often as they should, churches don't do it as often as they should, is because they know that they're going to get shit for it. Yeah. They're right. going to lose as numbers. They should. However, if that's how you're going to be, you do need to own it at a certain right. point. Like, I mean, it, I ha- listen, I have way more respect yeah. for a church that is preaching hateful things yeah. from the pulpit. And it's clearly lined right. out in their, on their website. <laughs> right. That says, this is exactly what 100%. we think about this issue. And, and that's who we are. That's right. how we interpret the Bible. And, that's it. And of course, but conversely, if a church is this nebulous, like, Hey, everybody's right. welcome, but behind closed doors, right. you know, gay people can't work with kids. They can't like, right. Not everybody's welcome then. No. Like you're just saying that to get numbers. No. Well, and also they don't get it. Right. They, I mean, it's the, the people in these positions of power are mostly straight white men. Um, no, because that's who runs the world. Shocking. Right. Um, and they, so they don't get it right. They, they don't understand that it's problematic. They think they really think that they mean that. Right. I don't believe that the majority of oh, them, I think they're doing it out of love of what they perceive, what they to, perceive be love. to be love. Right. Yeah. I don't believe, I think there are always exceptions. I don't believe the majority of them are trying to bait and switch. I yeah. just, but that's what it is. And because they're not opening themselves to hearing other experiences and listening to other people, people it's not going and it won't change until they do so ultimately they say oh we love everybody and everybody's welcome here but it does that doesn't mean what you it's like that mean that does i don't think that means what you think it means right because it it that's what you are saying but that's not what's actually being portrayed and that's not what's actually um when it comes down to it that comes with a again a bait and switch right like yes you can but well, you know, and there's always a but. David, right? faith without deeds is dead. Right. So you know, if if you know, I could quote scripture all day on this right. to a church and be like, this is why you're full of shit. Right. You know, if you profess with your mouth, mm-hmm. uh, but don't live this out. Yeah. 
Like, what the fuck are you talking? Everybody's welcome, but like right. they can't because right. this. And I think the argument that would be made if you say that to a lot of these these organizations or leadership in these is it well if we if we're that explicit. If we speak that explicitly on our website or put that in some sort of a writing, that's going to turn people off. And my answer to that is, well, of course it is, but <laughs> that's that's the truth. That's life, right? But that right. And so, like this idea that like we have to make everybody happy. Look, I don't. I'm not going to come to your church if I'm not welcome there. And 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 I I do think that you're wrong, but I also would rather know that than not know that. Right. And I think that back you know, trying to, trying to tie this back to your earlier question. I think that was just where a lot of the problems really stem from as a young person growing up in church, knowing that I was different, not having the language for it, but also just, it was so hush hush and so not talked about and so just confusing because it was just not a thing that I think it just made it that much more seemed that much more bad. You yeah. know, I mean, I think we all probably can come up with an example of something in our lives that wasn't talked about and so you, you just assume especially as a young person because you know we don't have sort of the facilities to to uh, form opinions on on everything early on if it's not talked about or if it's talked about quietly every <sighs> once in a while that thing must not be a good thing right, right. um because we talk about the good things and we we celebrate good things and so i think it it just became clear ironically from the lack of clarity that it was not, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that even makes sense, but no, it does, that, it it was, that it was not okay. Yeah. Um, and no one ever said that directly to me, ironically. Yeah. Man, it's just gotta be such yeah. a mind fuck. It's such a mind fuck. I mean, that's really, I mean, that sums it up really nicely, actually, that it is, it is a huge mind fuck. And it, so was the, was the plan, uh, was the plan, I guess the majority of the time to just, I'm never going to come out. Like I'm all like, I'm just, or, or was it like, you know what? Someday I'll be able to, uh, not the latter. No, definitely not. It was the plan was this will change. Yeah. The plan was I will do all the right things and I will pray all the right prayers and I will avoid all of these other things yeah. that seem gay and it will just change. <sighs> like it just will, <laughs> because here's the thing. Like I, what are some of those things that you would, would have avoided that um, seem gay? I mean, anything that's overly effeminate in right. terms of like how I walked or how I like uh, my, my, how I use my hands when I talk or uh, what I would wear. That's so, um, do you, so do you think haircuts? Right. Do you think that, um, uh, I, I don't associate. I, I think the only place that I catch myself associating something about a person yeah. w- that I would assume they're gay is if they have a very lispy, sure. the, the, yeah. the How you stereotypical talk? gay voice. <clears throat> but like, it has to be like real bad for me to right. be like, oh, you're gay. Right. But like things like how you talk with your hand, like that's just how, like to me, I'm just right. like, so do you think that most people perceive those things as, as, uh, the things that a gay man would do? Or do you think that you were hyper aware of it because you were afraid of it being revealed? Both. Yeah. I mean, I think both are true. Honestly, I, I think I probably, I was absolutely hyper aware of it, but I also, I think it was, there was truth to it. I mean, I was, I was, uh, relentlessly bullied in school. Right. Um, and called, you know, all of those names and all of those things were assumed about me, which is how I came to recognize that they were things that needed to be 
changed about me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and so both are true. I think it's, so it's almost so like, uh, the, what you said there, keep in mind, I'm not calling you a sociopath. No, <laughs> but what you said there is like, you'll hear sociopaths talk about why well, I got, I would go to school and it helped me recognize mm-hmm. how to be quote unquote normal, yep. how to behave normally. And that became my ultimate goal was how, but not normal. Although, you know, that could be another word for it, but how to be straight, how to right. act straight, how to look straight, how to carry myself that way, anything and everything that I could do to convince everyone that I was. So I think that existed inside church that exists outside of church. It really was all pervasive in my life of trying to be this thing. So the ultimate plan was that would work. It would eventually work. And I didn't know it would work in the sense that you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't really have to try to fool people because they would be fooled or it would work because it would turn you straight. Yeah. It would work because it would, yeah, it would turn me straight. If I did all the things that just straight man did, I would, I would feel like one and I would, yeah. And you will be. Yeah. And I mean, the faith element is a huge part of that too. Like I said, I really did believe too, like, God could change that about me, you know. Um, I didn't, I didn't know any gay men, of course, because or the circles that I was in were. I mean, I probably did, but I, I didn't say, know they you, were. You probably did. Um, and <laughs> we we know what church men are like. And um, and also, like in terms of media, like I mean, especially I'm not that old, but like you know, we're talking, you know, ten, fifteen. 20 years ago there, there was like nothing right you know and if there was i sure as hell wasn't allowed to watch or listen to it right right so i didn't see anybody who even looked like me um because so i just i didn't have you know it, it was it was so not a thing that i even could have imagined that i could be gay or that i could be allowed to be gay or that i what that even looked i mean i had no idea what that even would look or be like so it was always the goal was always how can i be as straight as possible Man, I just so so. What really trips me up? It's not about so. The only reason we're talking about it from this from a standpoint of gain straight is right. because that's your world. Right, that's my experience. Yeah, but what I, I I as I'm listening to you talk about this, what I'm realizing, what really fascinates me is is the inability to be for one to be their their true self. Correct. And, I mean, that's and, what it boils down to. Right, and just how like it, like if I couldn't if. I couldn't be me for Well, I mean, flip years. it around on its head. What You couldn't be straight. Right. What are you going to, I mean, what are you going to do? I can't even imagine that. Right. Like, I, ju- I just, I can't even. Right. And that's usually what people say <laughs> whenever you try to turn it around, trying to have a conversation with someone who uh, is highly religious and, and who talks, you know, there are all of these, in all of these circles, it's talked about, you know, it's, you chose this and you can choose not to. I'm like, but did you like, right. and of course the answer is always, well, no, I'm like, okay, but it's the same. It's the same. Like it's not, it's exactly the same for me. I mean, you know, and I think, I, I think it, it is a really helpful thing and not just in this arena, but in, in life to sort of try to put ourselves in, in, in someone else's place who we maybe don't understand and try to see what that would feel like. And so for you, you know, I mean, I'm using sexuality here cause we're talking about it, but you know, just imagining growing up and, all of sort of your natural inclinations. It is so impossible to even right. think to that. be told that that's all that everything around me was homosexual and yeah. that I'm the weirdo yeah. for being straight to yeah. feel that way. Yeah. That is, that is a, and mind not just trip. a weirdo. Like it would be no, one thing I, if it was a weirdo, I used the wrong word. but like literally the belief that like this thing, there's something inherently, something wrong. inherently wrong with you. Yeah, man. Like I just like that. 
And good Lord, we all know being a teenager, being a teenager is hard as hell. Right. Add that onto it. And I mean, and it just, and I'm not trying to say like, Oh my life, but people, I am not my life. I'm an influencer. No, now. <laughs> I, I am not special in that. There are, you will hear sadly tons of other stories like right. mine. Right. Um, unfortunately, but, um, but yeah, to, to, to pile all of that on at that really sort of pivotal time in life too, um, is, I mean, it's, it, it, to me, it, it border lines on abuse, you know, I mean, really because it is abuse, it's just, and I know that that's a strong word to use and I wouldn't throw it around lightly, but, but, but at a time in your life where your brain is developing and you're trying to sort of figure out all of these sort of basic things and you have an organization who is sort of trying to manipulate all of that it's so messed up when you think about it really. Um, and it feels just very, you know, I think these people all thought they were doing the right things, but, but it's, is there no, is there nobility in that? In, in the, in the thought that these people thought that they were doing the right things? No, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, especially because you can't tell me that you can't tell me that these people now, especially in 2020 have not heard stories of people it's one thing if you don't know but once you know what you don't what you didn't know you now have a responsibility to 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 listen or to do something right and you cannot tell me that the majority of these people who are in these positions of power in these churches don't know yeah or don't know stories and haven't heard you know i mean suicide rates are high haven't heard all of these, you know, stories and aren't still doing the same things. And that to me, there's no nobility in that. If you know that what you're doing is causing harm in any way, even if you think it's the right thing, it's not the right thing. So no. <laughs> yeah. No, I it wasn't a question because I thought, no, so, no. But yeah. I, yeah. Um, so you are how many years uh, quit from the church job? Uh, I, yes, I am a little less than five. Okay. So not really that long, not a ton of time. So the reason I was asking is because, uh, you, you had told me previously that, uh, you kind of had a job set up and, uh, and then you quit Mm -hmm. and then came out like what it wasn't like, it wasn't like you came out and then got fired. (laughs) No, no. Or was Um, it kind of simultaneous? I can't, I can't quite remember. No, no, no. I mean, it was one of those things where, I mean, it, it, it was not entirely linear. Um, I had, I had come out, <laughs> As these things tend to right, be, I had come out to myself. I had come out to really close friends while I was still working at the church and I was just trying to unpack it. Church had, friends? Uh, a couple. Yeah. How, how was that? Was one of my main questions that I was regretted not asking mm. you about is how, how they, those close church friends reacted. It all, all the initial conversations went exceptionally well. Okay. They were terrifying, but they went really well. Um, and I'm really fortunate. So how I, many, how many I knows did you get? when you came out to close uh, friends? No, I mean, none, none. Okay. No, nobody said, Oh, I know. I mean, I hear that now sometimes and it doesn't bother me. Cause I really do feel like that. I have a very thick skin at this point, but I mean, do you I don't think love it, hearing that. Oh, really? I, well, not because it, bo- I guess <laughs> it doesn't bother me so much as it just feels like, really? Like, is that something that you have to say? You right. know, I mean, I, so I, I would, how is that so, helpful? So, right. If, <laughs> if like, if I had said that to you, yeah. like when we first met, I get how that would be like, mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. But like, if you came out to me and we'd been friends for 15 yeah. years and I was like, yeah. Right. Like, thank, no, I mean, I totally. Being, like who you are. Like, I, right. I'm so glad you had that freedom. I feel like that, that, and 
Oh no, that that response is great. That response is great. No, I think it was more so hearing like when you say say people like, well, yeah, I knew that, you know, I mean, I think, (laughs) well, I was simplifying it for the sake of time. No. Okay. Yes. No, absolutely. No. What the response you gave was perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah. So in terms of timeline, I had, I had, I had confided in some really close friends. I was working through it in therapy. I was, you know, unpacking that, um, while still at the church and while job searching. Um, and once I finally had a job or was very close to having a job was when I was like, okay, you know, when I'm removed, safely removed from this, because I'm not a person who likes drama. I don't like, I hate attention on me. Um, and so there are bigots listening right now who are like, what is this guy sure he's gay? I didn't want to (laughs) make, I didn't want to make my leaving about that. Right. Because I mean, it was in a lot of ways, but I also really wanted to leave drama free. Um, and I wanted to have a clean break there that was respectful and, and, and free of just any sort of negativity. And so I was able to, because I had a job lined up, I was able to make my leaving about that. And which wasn't a lie. I mean, it was, it was true. It was, it really was a natural break for me. I, I needed to, to, I needed a break from that life. Um, but the coming out was sort of the thing that pushed it. Right. Um, and you were so, finally ready to be you yeah. and you knew you couldn't I was just do that tired. there. I was just yeah. tired. Um, you said something that made me think of something, but now that something is gone. <laughs> uh, the, but the reason I asked about how far removed you were from yeah. church, uh, at this point, um, is hearing about those experiences of having to grow up that way and being there for so long. It, it makes me think of a person who go, who's going through that, no matter if it's about their sexuality mm-hmm. or, or some other form of you know who they are, um, that that person would be felt left with like holes in them. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you about like healing. Mm-hmm. Like five years is little less than five years yeah. is not a long time. Uh, but you know, you mentioned you were in therapy, and so I'm sure that helped a lot. But like, do you feel like a that you'll ever heal from that? Mm. Uh, if you, are you healed? Do you feel like you're healed from that? Like there's just a lot. I mean, that's, that is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, and this year actually next month will be what I call my, my anniversary of my coming out anniversary will be five years. Um, and so from the first time I said it out loud, um, to someone. And so that's why I call it that. I have so many questions. (laughs) But, um, but yes, there, I mean, there are whole, of course there are whole, I mean, yes, of course there are, but I think what Tim, this is going to sound so cheesy and I, and, but it's the truth. I think what has healed me from that is, is finding people who love me just for me. And I, it's, it sounds so, it sounds so cheesy. It sounds so contrite, but when you haven't had that for so long and then all of a sudden you have that, that's so healing. It is whenever you can show up and be yourself and have friends and people around you and who just love you because you're you and there's no pretenses and there's no expectations in that, which is really the way love should be in my mind. But, but I had never experienced that fully before that. If I could really sort of sum it all up, that is what started to heal that for me is experiencing, Oh, Hey, I don't, I can have friends and I can have a life and I can date and I can get married and I can do all these things that I never thought that I could have as my true self. And now all of a sudden that's starting to slowly heal all of that. So to me, and that's also empowering, right? So the more of those positive experiences you have, or I had, I should say specifically, uh, the, the more 
that those holes, as you referenced, start to sort of heal Um, because all of a sudden you start to be like, oh, yeah, like that's that's a thing that's at. These are things that are as natural as breathing. And I'm no longer thinking about breathing. I'm just breathing, breathing. I like that. Yeah. Um, So we're very quickly running out of time. (laughs) I have so many more questions. Uh, What's your faith like now? Yeah, I mean, it's... We kind of talked about that. Yeah, but. and it's I mean, it's evolved. It's ever-evolving, and I think that's the other thing that I was did not grow up believing or being taught. I, faith was very... Uh, it was very sort of one-dimensional, and it was very set. And it felt yeah. like I was chasing being set, like a fixed point um, that I, you know, would get to at a certain point in my life, um, when I did all the things I was supposed to do. And at least that was my interpretation. Um, now I, I think of it, you know, I mean, this is going to be such a millennial answer, but like, I think of it a lot more fluid, you know, yeah. a lot more, I mean, do I have all of the same convictions and beliefs that I had growing up with? No, I, I don't. Um, and I think, a lot of that is because now I look at that and I think, does that make sense for where my life is at now? And, and a lot of it doesn't. And, and that a lot of that doesn't have anything to do with my sexuality, but some of it does because the God that I was taught about growing up is a God who hates me. So that's not really a thing that like, I mean, understandably I would think that, that I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, yeah. So I, I have <laughs> feelings and it thoughts would be really about weird that. if you were. Yeah. Very excited so, about that. so that's the thing that I've distanced myself from that idea of God, because yeah. I don't, I don't believe that that's a thing. I don't think that I, uh, I, I need to embrace that. Um, so I've sort of let some of that go and kept some of it. But I also think too, I've also become very comfortable with, as I mentioned earlier, like not saying, I don't know. And having questions again, something that I was, was not, um, taught or, I mean, and I'm sure you can speak to this too. I mean, growing up, it was very finite, right? These are the answers. This is what you do. Here's the book that you find the answers to. Um, I do not feel that that's, you know, the way that my faith looks today. I'm very comfortable saying, Hey, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, but we can talk about it and we can, maybe we can come closer to an understanding that makes sense to us. But I, I don't know a lot of things Hmm. and I'm super comfortable with that. I can't believe that. It feels pretty good to be able to say, I I don't know, but I can't believe that I lived so much of my life with the opposite thinking that there was such a fun, I mean, it was so, it was so exhausting. And so just, it felt, you felt so, I felt so trapped in, in multiple ways in, in the sense that like, Oh, I've, I've got to figure this out. Right. Um, whereas now I really think it's okay not to. And I almost think that that's better because you, you were, you're open and okay with being taught and learning and, and, um, evolving right. and growing. Right. And it's not as easy as just having all the answers, but knowing that like life changes and you have to grow and you have to sort of, as you get new experiences that informs what you believe and it, how, if it, if it doesn't, that's a problem, Yeah, you know? And so my faith now is it's a work in progress and, and it will be, you you can ask me that same question in 20 years and I will say the same. I'm not chasing after a finite point anymore. Um, and that may be completely just, I don't, I don't even know if that will make sense. I mean, I think if I were to say that to some of the people that I grew up with, 
Um, it makes perfect sense. Look at me and go, what is wrong with you? But I just, I, I don't, I don't know how to justify any other way at this point. Yeah. So one thing that always, and we can wrap up here with this. Um, one thing that always fascinates me about people who grew up in church, but then were also super um, involved in church, were quote unquote on fire for God, <laughs> things like that, is how do you look? Ouch. What? No, just on fire. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Some of those things that we said and did all the time right. were like, God. Christianese, yeah. Um, how do you look back on uh, some of those experiences that you would now, like, you know, you led worship and you, and you had, you, I'm sure were involved in those really highly emotional Mm -hmm. moments where it felt like God was standing next to you with his hand on your shoulders Mm -hmm. and you could feel him. And I'm always curious about people who are now kind of removed from that and, and, uh, who have had a dramatic shift in yeah. what their faith looks like. Mm-hmm. How, how do you look back at those experiences? I, like, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Like, I mean, no one's ever asked because me that. I, yeah. I have felt those things yeah. and I still to this, listen, my faith is way different than it was yeah. when I was a senior in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I look back at some of those experiences I have, and I still believe that they were what I was experiencing right. at that time. Yeah. But I am open to the fact that you might not, you might yeah. go, yeah, that was just pure emotion. You know, the, the yeah. beat and the rhythm and the, the keys <laughs> making a certain sound really yeah. got my heart going a certain mm-hmm. way. And no, I mean, it's so, I mean, I've thought about that, but I've never been asked that. Um, so it's a very interesting question. And I feel like I feel like questions like that can only be asked by people who have had the same experience and have also thought about it really, yeah. because some other people wouldn't know to ask that question, you know? So I, I am not surprised that you've thought to ask it. Um, and I appreciate that, but I, I have mixed feelings. I think then this is going to make me sound so jaded, but I really, I believe that that was what it needed to be in that moment. I think it was highly driven by emotion and adrenaline worship and, you usually is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I really, I don't think that's bad at all. I think that's lovely and, and that has its place, but I, I don't, I think that all of those feelings were very sort of driven by the experience itself, the people in the room, the, the hard work that you'd put into it, um, the emotion that comes from it. Um, and, and to me, it really is, that's probably the best way that I, I can know to explain it. Um, and I'm open to being, I might be wrong, yeah. but, but that's how I, how I see it now. Um, which, you know, probably makes me sound like just like exceptionally, um, jaded and negative, but I, I don't know how else to explain it. I, 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 don't, I don't look back on any of these experiences and I don't, I don't wish that I hadn't had them. Right. I'm I'm actually ins- you, incredibly grateful. Right. I was gonna say you you feel Weirdly grateful enough. for those. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as weird as do it they, is, do, do those experiences still mean something other absolutely. than just gratitude? No. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I don't. I I miss that. Yeah. In a lot too. of ways. Yeah. I, I don't I don't miss the bullshit, and I don't miss the hiding, and I don't miss all of that. But that that time in my life, some of the most fulfilling work that I've ever done in terms of creatively speaking and using what I'm really good at, um, and getting paid for what I'm good at, you know, I mean, not very much, but, um, <laughs> so it was a, it was a mega church, but it wasn't a mega no. church. And I, so I miss that. I, I, I do. I, and I, I think back on those experiences incredibly fondly. I mean, yeah. th- and that's, what's so weird is it's weird to say that out loud because we just literally spent 
a ton of time talking about how much that messed me up that whole thing but yet there's pieces Man, of it that church i miss fuck, fucks people up yeah, so much it does in both these ways of like fucking you up that way but then also fucking you up to miss those things yeah because <laughs> like, but i mean there was so much there's so much good in in so much of what i was able to do and and the i mean there was really good heart behind it too yeah um but I also can't sit here and not acknowledge also the harm and the pain that it's caused, not just for myself, but for many other people too, which is really, you know, a very confusing place to be in. Um, and so I, I, but I do think back on those things fondly in the sense that like, at least the things that I was involved in were very, uh, not at least the system was, was harmful and problematic. What I was doing in the system was not specifically, at least that's how I justify it. Perhaps <laughs> was not specifically, you know, I'm, I'm standing up there singing and I'm not singing that you being gay is awful. Right. 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 But I You're am, partici- cog but I, in, right. In the, I am yeah. participating in the system that's saying that. So I don't know how you justify it without sounding like a horrible human, but I, well, I, guess, I think, uh, well, I, I think justifying it is the, is the wrong word. Sure. You had to survive. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. had to survive. Yeah. And that's all that was. Yeah. And I think you can miss something, but also not want to go back to it. Right. Cause I, I, I'm, I, there are days that I miss it, but I would never go back. There are days I miss high school. <laughs> I would <laughs> never, I don't. A, so that's weird. Ever in my fucking life would <laughs> yeah, want to no. go back to high school. Right. Yeah. So I think you can hold those two things in tension. I think you can say, look, that was a time in my life that helped bring me here. It meant something to me then. And, there but i would never do it again yeah and i think i will say that there are a a few a select few people from those experiences who are still very dear to me and you know i wouldn't i can't imagine my life without them so i wouldn't change those experiences just simply from some of the community that came out of it now most of those people you know peaced out um whenever i came out but the handful of them that are still at you know rocking with me i I, you know the 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 community aspect that exists within church that you get i mean i wouldn't change some of those relationships for anything so if if nothing else came out of it i did there were some really great people that are still there's good community oh my gosh i mean i think that's what's so we could go on forever but i think that's part of the the allure of it all is i agree the community to me is the really the only thing that i liked out of church. Yeah. So, uh, I know you got to go, you got kids at home, but uh, I have two very <laughs> quick final questions go for, for you. It. Uh, the, the last one is actually one that I ask everybody that comes on the show okay. and, and sits down for this. So, but, uh, this is really, this, this question is mainly just for me and maybe some other church people that might okay. be listening. Favorite worship song. Oh I know I'm gosh. putting you on the spot. No, you are, but also Full disclosure, I have not. I know. I listen. I thought about yeah. some of this in a long time. Some of that music is still really hard for me to listen to, so I'm not like rocking yeah. it in my car, right? Um, so, but there's got to be that one that well, it's like also, well, I'm leading worship today. I'm the main singer, <laughs> and we've got to do this. Song. Also, I will say two things. One, that answer probably changed a dozen times <laughs> right. over the course of the time that I was doing that. Also, the answer that I give will show how long it's been since I've been out of it because I don't know any current worship. I don't songs. either. I yeah. Um, I I, I attend church regularly. Listen, and my answer is from the nineties. Okay, perfect. Just so we're aware. Okay. Um, I would say, and I will go off of like classic 
song that was a favorite through most of the time that I was there. How great is our God? Yeah. Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Chris Tomlin. Oh, I hate Chris Tomlin. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand why, but, but. I write songs with just a C correct. chord. But Chris Tomlin and I have the same vocal range. Oh, really? So well, it was cool. perfect. Yeah. Every song he did was in my range. And I also think nothing creative about his music, but it's 90% of it is hella singable. Yeah. So yeah, well, he's writing in C. So, correct. Yes. so you throw <laughs> most of these songs at a crowd. They're going to, within the first sort of list, they're very ear, uh, earwormy. You're oh, going to yeah. hear it and you're going, Oh, I can do that. Yep. I can sing that. So how great is our God? Final answer. Mine is, uh, again, this is actually from the mid eighties. Oh, uh, but it's, uh, it's always been near and dear to me. It's, uh, it's called, um, I worship you almighty God. Oh, I don't know I if I know that one. I worship you almighty Oh, I do God. know that one. Okay. There yes. No- so my, one of, one of my choir teachers growing up wrote that song when no she way. was a, a Christian CFNI. It's a Bible college okay. in, in Texas and like made, I mean, still for, for 20 years, it was the number one worship song. In so the, she probably in made royalties off of that, right? Oh, Yes. Wow, <laughs> yes. that's a very interesting connection that you have. Is yeah. that why it's a favorite? It, it definitely plays a factor, okay. but I, it's also just um, a, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's it's a really great song. Yeah. Um, so we've bored people with this church <laughs> stuff. The final question, and I, I ask everybody this question. Okay. Um, rapid fire, kind of. Most people can't answer it rapid fire; they have to think. But okay. uh, who is the most interesting contact in your phone? Oh my gosh! I have had. Answers that range from Adam Sandler to uh, what I can't think of the record producer who produced uh, We Are the World for Michael Jackson, but whoever that was. Uh, I some people say mom, some people say I legitimately whatever. have no one famous or semi famous in my well, influencer. You are, I, <laughs> I perhaps have connected with them on social media, but I do not have anybody's number it's got to be contacts right so but you know what here's the thing is that you define interesting so yes i just listed two famous people that's true i was thinking famous not interesting but i have i have interviewed famous people on this podcast Mm -hmm. whose answers were my mom i love calling my mom or my sister every time i call my sister we we tell each other these great stories and i always Mm -hmm. leave thinking i I wish I had more time to talk with her. So you yeah. get to define interesting. Okay, that helps because I was thinking interesting meant notable. Um or like well known. Right. Um I do not have any of those, sadly. I wish that I did. I am going to say my sister, my little sister. Uh she's my best friend, but also she is easily one of the most interesting people that I know, quite in the literal sense of the word. Um we have the same sense of humor, so we find the same stupid stuff funny, so we could talk about and or watch YouTube clips or movies or TV shows and laugh at the same dumb shit, and everything, she's inc- highly creative, she's just hella interesting, um, and I know that's, yeah, I'm not even going to justify that. My sister, my little sister. That's perfect. Shout out to you, Amy, probably not ever going to listen to this, but well, I love you. She will if you share it with her. <laughs> okay. Hopefully she'll listen. Shout out, Amy. You're definitely listening to this You're right definitely now. Definitely the most interesting person. And the most interesting person. In my phone. In David's phone. Not in my phone. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, hey, David, thank you so much for coming oh on. Oh my gosh, thank you. This was fun. I'm glad uh, that you felt comfortable enough to like share yeah, with us and, it was, and it do was, this. And... I appreciate the invitation. Um, I, 
I do not think that my, you know, experiences are by any means unique to me, but I, um, I hope that, you know, maybe somebody heard something that was at all, you know, relevant to yeah. maybe something they've And I'm, and I promise you that they did. You, you said stuff that a lot of people will be able to relate to and well, and at the very least you and them. I sat here and had a good time yeah. because we have a lot of the same experience. And if people want to uh, connect with you, they can, because we plugged right. your Instagram. It's David Clark Sally. That's right. You don't, I mean, follow me if you want, but even, you know, DM me. I would love to chat. Yes. Anytime. And if you have a brand deal, to oh give my you, gosh, you even David. better. If you want to give me money, please, I will take it. <laughs> David will gladly take your money to that's be right. your quote unquote friend oh right or if you just want it to be a business deal that's fine too that's right hashtag uh, influencer <laughs> all right uh, that uh once again has been david the influencer oh, clark God. sally <laughs> and uh you can find him on instagram at david clark sally go to gatherx.org or gatherx madison on uh, facebook and instagram david once again thank you for being here thank you adam hey guys that was me and David talking about all kinds of things. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, David is actually a really great guy. And, um, you know, sometimes we don't talk all the time about religious stuff here on the show, but it is something that's a part of my past. I know for a lot of you, it is something a part of your past as well. So hopefully you don't mind hearing about it. And I just liked a lot of the perspective that David has uh, about church and about acceptance and about clarity in church, uh, especially when it comes to being a closeted gay man or just be a, a, a being a gay person in church. You, you know, you, there's plenty of churches out there with openly gay people that attend, and uh, I just I loved hearing his heart on that and uh, just hearing about all those those things. Hey, once again, uh, Wednesday. March 4th at Stateline Distillery. That is our next story slam. The theme is hangover. We want you to come out, tell a wonderful story about drinking too much and having to deal with all the headaches the next morning, or just come on out, have a drink with us, and hear some great stories. Hey, check out our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and all that good stuff. All right, I'll see you next time. And as always, I love you.